0: Insights, a podcast by Pharma.ero. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again as we delve into the universe of sustainability in the healthcare supply chain. I am Frank van Gelder, the Secretary General of Pharma.ero. Today, we have a truly insightful perspective to share with you, a deep dive into sustainability from the lens of a pharmaceutical manufacturer. We are honored to have Ruud van der Geer of MSD in the studio. Interviewed by Alice Iacobescu.
1: I'm Ruud van der Geer. I'm with MSD and I'm part of a global group called the Global Deliver Strategy Team. And this team is process owner for some of the company's strategies and roadmaps. And my responsibility lies mainly in the strategy around thermal protection and monitoring and our digital transformation to a digital logistics program. Anything around real-time monitoring, intervention and connectivity.
0: Hi Ruth welcome to our podcast. How much is the focus on sustainability these days?
1: It is becoming one of the company KPIs, uh, so we have to act on it. We have we have set our company goals on sustainability, like like all companies do these days. It's not the main driver for everything we do within our space, but it's something that we take into consideration mm. in developing uh, new solutions and, uh, and new services. The DNL space is one of the bigger or even the biggest contributor of CO2 emissions and, uh, and wastage in the supply chain. The, one of the low-hanging fruit, obviously, if we want to meet our sustainability goals as a company, is to look at how we design and execute transportation and distribution. And also I guess it's easier to, to make sustainability wins in that space, or quicker wins in that space, so they're looking at us to deliver some of that. And how do you do that? The obvious one is air to ocean. It's a big contributor how can we move more air to ocean. But underneath it, there's there's a lot of things that we can do to optimize freight and and reduce our sustainability output, or increase our sustainability goals, but um, reduce our emissions.
0: How do you see the industry responding to sustainability?
1: I guess, in my opinion, there's two ways in how the industry will actually move quicker. One is regulation. So there's not a lot of regulation yet. So we're moving into a space where we have regulation around reporting, measuring and reporting. So one of the things that we're doing as a team is how can we actually use our digital tools and, and to report out on our CO2 emissions. Um, and we use it for, for comparison and other other goals as well. And the other one is if there's a um, financial driver to become sustainable. So let's say, you know, whatever we do is text. There's a bigger driver, I guess, for companies to make that change, but both are not there yet.
0: Is it expensive to become sustainable?
1: Some things can come naturally. Air to ocean is not a big investment. Decrease your SKU sizes may not be a big investment. Right? If we sell a, a, a one by image or a 10 by image, if we can have our customers to buy the 10 by image. We reduce the volume that we ship significantly. So and there's a, still a lot out there that we can look into as quick wins. Why are we flying, you know, certain rounds with multiple stopovers if there's a direct flight available? There's ways into looking at how you hold your inventory and freezer capacity, refrigeration capacity. Again, it's linked to product density. Product density is linked to electronic leaflets. If we can remove a leaflet from from a pack, we can make smaller packs, ship more products, hold more in a refrigerator. I mean, those are relatively quick wins without changing your complete infrastructure, without changing your network or facilities. It's just a different way of executing with a consideration of sustainability, which is relatively easy, but it is a different mindset, and and that's sort of the stage that we're in. We need to make sure that sustainability becomes part of the design and build of our networks, our routes, our packaging materials, our solutions, our monitoring equipment, and the way we report out on those and, and that's, uh, I think we're still at that stage. Sustainability is something that is not captured by one individual department or one individual budget. Just now I came out of a, a nice session from one of my former colleagues and he, it, it's, it's all around which KPIs do we work with and the segregation of budgets and ownerships and responsibilities. As long as they are not aligned, it's hard to reach those goals. Sustainability will hit on the your sore point of not being aligned on, on budget, not being aligned on, on KPIs, but we all need to do it. So if you want to reach the next goal, like, oh, I want to fly another route, I want to use another material, I want to optimize my supply chain by you know, working with manufacturing and different SKUs, and you know some budgets will suffer where others will gain, reaching a sustainability goal. And as long as we we don't have that internal alignment or willingness or understanding that says that this step is a better step, we should move. Uh, I mean, that, I guess, is for us the the, the biggest challenge. That's why I say, I mean, we we have to stop debating who's going to pay for it, who's going to drive it. It needs to be a common understanding that as a company, we agree this is a step forward, we'll go. Uh, And then obviously you always have people in there that you know companies that will be hit by that and and, you know there's all these powers at play but I mean generally speaking as an industry then we we would say yeah this is a step forward let's go let's make it work and and that means that you have to find the right partners that are willing to say I understand it and I want to make it work.
0: Does that have an impact on choosing your providers?
1: To a certain degree and I think that's the curve we're on it now becomes part of the decision-making process, as all the other factors, right? All the other critical factors that we have in a decision-making process. Sustainability is now a part of that. There's new elements coming into the decision-making process that, that formerly were not in there. Are they the, the critical factor in the decision? I don't think so. So sustainability is not yet the driving factor. It's not the big decision-maker yet.
0: Why is it important to become sustainable?
1: We should all care. As mankind, I would say, I mean, it's, it's in, our, in, our, in our own interest to be critical about what we do, to make sure that we leave the world in a better place than how we, uh, how we arrived. And um, that should be a given. And, and I know that pharmacy has a big impact on the CO2 emissions in general, like the, the industry is a, is, a, is a big contributor to CO2 emissions. And, and so we have also have an obligation to make big steps there. Personally, I feel we should end the discussion into what sustainability really means to people. And where it starts, where it ends, because there is no answer. Yeah, we say, you know, it, sustainability is with the pharma shipper, or it's with an airline, or it's, it's an industry, or it, no, we hand it over to a customer. No, it's, there are things we know are better, let's do better. And then if you move on the road of better, you end up in a better place. So, you know, going back to what I said earlier, right? If you leave the world in a better place than where you started, is it going to be perfect? No, we're not here to reach perfect. We're here to do better. And I think as long as we can do better, we don't have to think about it. We can all agree on certain things that they are better. If you put more material in one refrigerator, is that better or worse? I mean, we would all agree it's better to optimize a refrigerator or optimize a pack So let's stop the discussion there and say, Should we really optimize it? No, we we should optimize it. And is it better to push EPS materials into a country and end up at landfill or push materials that go in and have a return cycle? It's an obvious answer. The challenge, I feel, is that we're talking a lot about it. We're trying to get a lot of data around it. But smaller packs are better than larger packs. Less material is better than more material. Shorter routes are better than longer routes. Uh, Less fuel is better than more fuel. Those are the obvious ones. Let's go for those first, and then, and then the rest will follow. I think one of the worst things we can do on a sustainability level is end up with waste. I mean, we've added all this value in our supply chain, we've used up all the energy and resources to create this material, and then we ship it into a market and it ends up as waste. To me, and I guess we will all agree, that's the worst thing we can do. So how do we make sure that whatever is produced ends up administered in a patient? There are numbers out there that are really scary, so that the the numbers that that I'm aware of is like 30 to 50% of products that are manufactured within the larger pharma industry, that includes over-the-counter, are not administered into a patient. So that means that 30 to 50% of what the industry manufactures ends up as waste. And we need to take a look at it: uh, why and how. I mean, is it the way that we deliver or provide medication to a patient? Are we providing them with the right number of doses? Look at your own cabinet how much material is, is wasted every year, even a strip of paracetamol, right? Do you use them all or you scrap them after a while? And, and there's quick wins there. I mean, we have to look into regulation around remaining shelf life, sellable stock. Uh, how can we do stock transfers within markets safely without without counterfeit risks or, or any trading conflicts? Um, how can we look into uh, more universal packaging? Why do we make market-specific products that cannot be sold anywhere else? Or and I think a lot of the digital tools that are out there will actually help do that. Right? Serialization is a big one. You know, we can use serialization to a huge extent to say we can verify this drug. We can link it to electronic leaflets or text to make sure it's easier to transfer product to other markets where is a need. We can have a better view of inventory. So have a critical view in remaining shelf life, for example, and see you know, why are we scrapping material because it's unsellable. It's regulation that drives us there. Can we, can we have that debate? You know, testing on the importation, why are we doing live animal testing in some markets? We have data to prove there's, there's no reason to do animal testing in, in markets for, for clearance. I mean, there's, a, there's all these ways in, in using that data. You know, you can link serialization to temperature monitoring. We can prove that this particular pack has always been held at a specific temperature, has not been opened. So we can actually return it into a supply model, right? Well, why don't we return products back to a pharmacy and resupply? Because we can prove it's been held properly. A lot of it, it's, I mean, it's, it's politics and regulatory-based driving us into a certain model. But we, we can show now that we have the tools, we have the data, we can collaborate. You know, the, the pharma Ledger is a big example of that. But we can collaborate and actually prove that what we do can make a change.
0: Ruud, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Hey, you're welcome.
0: Ruud van der Geer of MSD in our latest episode about environmental sustainability. Thank you all for listening. We hope you've gained fresh perspectives and actionable ideas on how to infuse sustainability into every facet of the supply chain. Stay tuned for more engaging discussions in our upcoming episodes. I am Frank van Gelder. Till next time and all the best to you.
1: Insights. A podcast by Pharma.ero.